Hi, this is Sam. And this is Anuel. And this is Murderous Intention. We did the case of Kendrick Johnson, and it's sad that still to this day, there's no concrete physical evidence of what exactly happened. We know what 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 the video shows. We know what the aftermath is, but yet we don't have anybody who's saying, I did this, and we don't have proof of it being an accidental. So it's just it's just a case that it's like, where are we going? Yeah. Um, so we're gonna leave that in last week's case, um, and we're gonna move on to this week. Like I always say, we can't change our history, we can't change our past, but right. we can improve our future, um, right. especially with the fact that. Everything that's going on, there's a lot of changes going on, and hopefully it will impact our future to be a better one for our kids at the end of the day. Um, So I'm going to hand over our case and our episode to its rightful owner of the week, and that is NUL. (laughs) Okay. Um, So being that it's February and it is Black History Month, um, we decided that we're going to specifically discuss um, men and women that have been murdered, um, killed by police officers in general, um, specifically because it, it's a thing, you know, it, it's, a, it's a big thing going on right now with... Um, the case I'm actually going to talk about, which is um, the murder of George Floyd. I call it the murder. It was a murder. Other may, yeah, but other people may call it something else. Um, but I am not going to go too much into um, Mr. George Floyd's um, past. I am just specifically going to talk about what happened the day that it started. On the evening of May 25th, 2020, sometime before 8 p.m., George purchased cigarettes at a Cup Foods, a, a grocery store at the intersection of East 38th Street and Chicago Avenue in the Powderhorn Park neighborhood of Minneapolis. A store employee believed Floyd had paid with a counterfeit $20 bill. Employees of the store approached Floyd while he was in his vehicle and demanded that Floyd return the cigarette. He refused. A store employee called the police to report that Floyd had passed fake bills, was awfully drunk, and not in control of himself. The interaction between George and the employees were recorded by the restaurant security cameras. At 8.08, Kung and Lane arrived which are the um, two officers, briefly entering Cuff Foods before crossing the street to Floyd's SUV, parked in front of a Dragon Walk 
Minneapolis restaurant. Lane tapped his flashlight on the window, startling Floyd. He asked um, George to show his hands and tapped again while he did not obey. Um, George apologized as he opened the car door. Lane instructed uh, him three more times to show his hands. Um, seconds after the door opened, he drew his gun and ordered Floyd to show his hands. When, when Floyd um, complained, Lane, um, excuse me, when Floyd complied, not complained, um, Lane hosted his weapon. Someone parked behind Floyd's SUV began recording a video at 8.10. Following a brief struggle, Lane pulled Floyd from the SUV and handcuffed him. Two other people who were riding in the car with Floyd, including 45-year-old Shawanda Hill, were interrogated at 8.12. Kongs um, sat Floyd on the sidewalk against the wall in front of the, of the restaurant. Lane asked Floyd if he was on something right now. And, and he replied, no, nothing. Ang told Floyd that he was acting real erratic and Floyd said that he was scared. Ang asked Floyd about foam around his mouth to which Floyd responded that he had been hoping, 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 excuse me, I'm sorry, I didn't read that right earlier. Floyd then said he was um, calming down and remarked I'm feeling better now at 8.13, so he was feeling better. At 8.13, Kang and Lane told Floyd he was under arrest and walked him, walked him to the police car across the street. The officers then leaned against the car, the car's door, leaned him against the car's door. Floyd told the officers that he was not resisting, but that he was recovering from COVID-19, that he was um, claustrophobic and had anxiety. And that he did not want to sit in the car. Okay. While Klang and Lane attempted to put him in the car, Floyd begged them not to, repeatedly saying, I can't breathe, and offering to lie on the ground instead. A Minneapolis Park, um, Minneapolis Park police officer arrived and guarded Floyd's vehicle across the street by the restaurant, and the two people who had been in it, in it with Floyd. At 8.17, Chauvin and Tao, Tao arrived in their third police car, joining Kang and Lane. While Chauvin assuming command, he asked if Floyd was going to jail, and Kang replied that he was arrested for forgery. Floyd said, I can't fucking breathe, twice. Around 8.18, security footage from Cups, foods, strolls, come struggling with Floyd for at least a minute in the driver's side back seat while Tao watches, according to the New York Times. At um, 8.19, showing pulled Floyd across the back seat from the driver's side of the passenger on to the passenger side. Then, according to NPR, Floyd exited the vehicle while being pulled out by police and falling to the pavement. Um, while Floyd laid on, on his chest with his cheek on the ground, Chauvin knelt on his neck. Floyd stopped moving around 8.20. Though he was still conscious, multiple witnesses began to film the encounter. 
and the videos circulated widely on the internet. At 8.20, a witness across the street began recording videos showing Chauvin kneeling on Floyd's neck, Kung applying pressure to Floyd's torso, and Lane applying pressure to Floyd's legs. Mm -hmm. so I'm going to stop there a quick second. So you got three people, three big, three men mm -hmm. on top of one man. Now, I got a question because mm -hmm. prior to them being on top of him, mm -hmm. um, he was saying he couldn't breathe. Now, was he ex having like an anxiety attack? Yeah. Okay. There was, there was two things. He was playing, he just finished playing basketball. He finished, went to that um, grocery store to get cigarettes. And he was, he's claustrophobic. He was claustrophobic, excuse me. And he had anxiety, he had bad anxiety. So all those three are not helpful. So right. my thing is once, once somebody says I can't breathe, wouldn't it be where it's like mandated that you go and, you know, even if you have them on the side of the road, but at least have them where they get seen by a medical. Ambulance should have been called immediately. Just for no other reason than to give them a breathing treatment. Yeah, even if it's just like, you know, we're going to wait for you to finish your breathing treatment and then we'll, you know, take you downtown, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... The other, the, the fourth officer, Tao, stood nearby. The witnesses stopped filming when one of the officers ordered him to leave. Also at 8.20, a second person standing near the entrance of the cup food began recording the incident. Floyd can be heard repeating, saying, I can't breathe, please, and mama. Lane then asked for an ambulance for Floyd. After all that. So after him repeatedly requesting, well, after him repeatedly saying, I can't breathe, and he's begging and pleading, you know, mm -hmm. that now you. Like I said, for me personally, the moment he said, I can't breathe, I just came from playing basketball, I'm claustrophobic, and I have anxiety, I would. Anyone would have called an ambulance. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they called the um, Lane then asked for the ambulance for Floyd for one bleeding from the mouth. Floyd repeated at least 16 times that he could not breathe. At one point, a witness said, You got him down, let him breathe. After Floyd said, I'm about to die, Showbrit told him to relax. An officer asked Floyd, what do you want? Floyd answered, please, the knee is on my neck. I can't breathe. At approximately 8.22, the officers called for an ambulance on a non-emergency basis, escalating the call to emergency status a minute later. Chauvin continued to kneel on Floyd's neck. A passerby yelled to, to Floyd, well, get up, get in the car, man. And Floyd still handcuffed and face down on the pavement responded, I can't, while Chauvin's knee remained on his neck. Here's my second question. Mm -hmm. 
if the man is handcuffed on the floor, why do three men need to be on top of him? They're, they don't. Because once, my, my opinion is, with his hands being handcuffed to his back, any immediate danger is gone. Because your hands are your best defense. Now, unless he's some karate chopping ninja style person, I highly doubt that he's going to be able to pull off an escape with his feet. Right. You know, um, the other thing I, I was going to say was once they got him handcuffed, right? Mm-hmm. And my theory is, okay, you're saying you can't get in the car because you can't, you're claustrophobic, you won't be able to breathe, you're getting, you just finished playing basketball, so you're already in adrenaline, hyperventilating, your body's trying to cool down. Um, Mm. And then the anxiety of, oh, shoot, I'm getting handcuffed, I'm going, you know. Um... I've seen where a lot of police officers, what they do is they'll they'll try to calm you down before you get in the car. You know, like, they'll tell you, take some breaths. Come on, take some breaths. Breathe, you know. Do you want me to open the windows? So that way, while you're sitting in the car, at least you have that air coming to you. You know, I think they would have went and made other suggestions instead of just physicality. It, this would have went a whole different way, you know? Yeah, I agree. Um, Floyd said, my stomach hurts, my neck hurts, everything hurts. He requested water and begged, don't kill me. One witness pointed out that Floyd was bleeding from the nose. Another told the officer that Floyd was not even resisting arrest right now. Tao countered that Floyd was talking, he's fine. A witness replied that Floyd ain't fine. Get him off the ground. You could have put him in the car by now. He's not resisting arrest or nothing. You're enjoying it. Look at you. Your body language explains it all. As Floyd continued to cry for help, Tao said to witnesses, this is why you don't do drug kids. Are you effing kidding me? Uh, No, I'm not, actually. That's exactly what he said. It's ridiculous. Like he's some PBS freaking show. By 8.25 p.m., Floyd appeared unconscious, and bystanders confronted the police officers about Floyd's condition. Chauvin pulled out mace to keep bystanders away, I saw move between them and Chauvin. Bystanders repeatedly yelled that Floyd was not responsive right now and urged the officers to check his pulse. Kong checked Floyd's wrist but found no pulse. The officers did not attempt to provide Floyd with medical assistance while he was on the ground. According to the criminal complaint against Chauvin, Lane asked Chauvin twice if they, they should move Floyd onto his side, and Chauvin said no. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Let me say that again. According to the criminal complaint against Chauvin, 
Lane asked Chauvin twice if they should move Floyd onto his side, and Chauvin said no. I got a problem with that too. Why? Why are you asking this one fucking cop? Oh, can we? Should we move him to the side? Listen, one, I would just push that mother trucker off and move him to the side and say, "Listen, come on, man, breathe." Start massaging his back, cause that's more where your lungs are at. A lot of people get it confused where they think, "Oh, let me massage my chest area because that's where my no." You can you can touch your lungs more better from the backside, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um. And at least start getting, doing that massaging, you know, to get the lungs going so he can, it can open up and he can start breathing, you know, um, or even do a massage in the middle of the chest, just because you, if you're feeling no pulse, start massaging that chest, start doing some CPR, start doing something, you know, something's better than nothing, you know, listening to, oh, no, he doesn't need it. Let me just keep putting pressure on his neck. Dude, no, no. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is you. That's okay. That's fine. Um, there was a, a situation. I'm not sure if it was there in Minneapolis or somewhere um, not too far away. Mm-hmm. Um, that a cop put his uh, knee on this guy because um, I don't remember the race. I'm saying this guy. Um, and he, so he put it, he, he knelt on his neck. One officer that was with him, his partner, came from behind, from the side, excuse me, and shoved him out the way. I completely kind of picked him up and moved him. Type oh, of. shoot. So he's like, no, we're not doing this. Now, like, he was, of course, this case was already going crazy, right? You know, so he's like, you're not involving me in this, you know, BS. Yeah. So, and I'm like, you had, by this time, you had three people, three other officers there. Nobody could have just pushed them out the way. Nobody could have. And why does he, the last person there get to be the lead officer? Shouldn't the lead officer, sir, be the first to arrive? The first two, the first two to arrive and whoever has the, um, whoever's been there the longest, if there's no sergeant, you know, if there's no rank. Yes. Okay, so at 827, a Hennepin County ambulance arrives. 827, the ambulance arrives. Shortly thereafter, a young relative of the owner of Cup Foods attempted to intervene, but was pushed back by Tao. Emergency medical technicians checked Floyd's pulse. Chauvin kept his knee on his on Floyd's neck for almost a minute after the ambulance arrived, despite Floyd being silent and motionless. Around 8.29, Floyd was lifted by paramedics onto a stretcher, then loaded into an ambulance. Lane boarded the ambulance and checked Floyd's pulse at, at his neck, and a medic instructed him to perform cardiopulmonary resuscitation. A medical device was placed on Floyd's chest to provide mechanical chest compression, and the ambulance departed for Hennepin County Medical Center. En route, the ambulance requested assistance from the Minneapolis Fire Department. At 8.32, firefighters arrived at Cup Foods. According to their report, the police officers gave no clear information regarding Floyd's condition or whereabouts. 
which delayed the ability to find the ambulance. Meanwhile, the, the ambulance reported that Floyd was entering cardiac arrest and again requested assistance, asking firefighters to meet them at the corner of 36th Street and Park Avenue. Five minutes later, the fire department reached the ambulance. Two fire department medics who boarded the ambulance found Floyd unresponsive and pulseless. Floyd was pronounced dead at 925 at the Henry County Medical Center emergency room. So, so then <clears throat> the obvious question is, why were the police not so willing to tell them what happened and where the ambulance was going? Let's be honest. If you no, know... I, I know it's, it's, it's a dumb question. I, I will say that. It's not that it's a dumb question. It's just... It makes well, it, way of it. Yeah. Um, it makes it so obvious that one, they knew what they were doing was not called for. Right. Now, what happened, you know, between them um, before they ever arrived to the scene? That's what I want to know because it was like, what was their thought process when they were entering that scene? You know, because they automatically went into high gear, you know? Yeah. And it was just a simple man who just said, you know, I, I can't breathe. I can't I can't get in the car. I can't, you know, which is understandable. You know, all you have to do is just calm him down and say, how can we be able to get you to the police station to take you in? And you be be physically okay, you know. Commun- communication is key. Whether the guy did wrong or not, communication is key to be able to assist, you know, and avoid this whole this whole issue that happened, you know. Yeah, I agree, one hundred percent. So early on May twenty sixth, the next day. The Minneapolis Police Department issued a statement, a statement, excuse me, which said nothing about Sherwin kneeling on Floyd's neck. Nothing. What? After Floyd got out of his car, he physically resisted officers. Officers were able to get the suspect into handcuffs and noted he appeared to be suffering medical distress. Hours later, witnesses and security camera video circulating on the internet show showing kneeling on Floyd's neck. saying the new information had been made available and that the Federal Bureau of Investigations was joining the, investi- joining the investigation. The four officers were briefly on paid administrative leave before being fired later that day. On June 17th, the Minneapolis excuse me, the Minnesota Board of Peace Officers Standards and Change took a view of the four officers' law enforcement licenses. Okay. Um, The two sets of autopsies resulted publicized, excuse me, wow, the the two sets of autopsies results publicized on June 1st, 2020, determined that Floyd's death was a homicide. Mm-hmm. The conclusion, only by a local government official and one by doctors working on Floyd's family, um, 
deferred over whether they were contributing factors and whether the agreed cause restraint and neck compressions were uh, was combined with abdul or asphyxiation. So I'm guessing like they're trying to talk to each other, trying to agree. Yeah. Um, Andrew Baker, a pathologist and the chief medical examiner for Hennepin County since 2004, performed an autopsy examination at 9.25 a.m. on May 26th. Prosecutors who were filing charges against Chauvin summarized portions of preliminary findings in court documents that were released publicly on May 29th. His final autopsy findings issued June 1st found that Floyd's heart stopped while he was being restrained and that his death was a homicide caused by cardiopulmonary arrest, complicating law enforcement subdual, restraint, and neck compression. That makes sense um, to me. Yeah. I want to make sure I'm saying this word right. Fenelily. Huh? I'm sorry. Finally, finally, intoxications and recent methamphetamine use may have issued increased the likelihood of death. Okay. So if he was high, like if he, I got you. if he was high. Um, prior to the case scenario, um, then that would make, that would already put your heart to work, you know, and then with the added pressure, now you're putting your heart to work harder, you know, um, and then with the fact of him being claustrophobic and if he was having an anxiety attack at the same time, all that strain was just increasing his possibility of dying. Um, what could have helped to not increase the possibility is if one, we didn't put our freaking knees on somebody's neck, you know, where it's the most in danger site. Like anybody who takes CPR, first thing they always like, not the first thing they tell you, but one of the things they tell you is your neck because your your artery your main arteries are there um you always have to be sensitive with it you know and when it comes to like with massage therapists we have to take the cpr classes and one of the things is when we do massage the neck we have to do it with caution and they really prefer that we do not use um like tools to really help um, doing massages on the neck, like you could use the stones, but with the stones, you have that pressure that you know, okay, this is an endangerment site. I have to be lighter here, you know? So if we have to learn that, I think the police definitely should know that, you know, that's an obvious. So I, I would like to know what his excuse was of why he performed the way he performed. Because there was no imminent threat 
after a few seconds. Other significant conditions were the I'm not even going to try to say that word, heart disease. And hypertensive heart disease, including an enlarged heart and one artery 90% black and two others 75% narrowed. The report states that on April 3rd, Floyd was tested positive for SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19, but does not list it as a fatal or other significant condition. Attorneys for Floyd's family announced on May 29th that they were that they would commission a second autopsy. It was carried out on May 31st by Michael Aiden, a pathologist and former New York City Chief Medical Examiner, and by Alicia Wilson, a pathologist and director of autopsy and forensic services at the University of Michigan Medical School. They announced the results on June 1st, a few hours before Baker's final findings were issued. On the evidence available to them, which did not include a toxicology report, or unspecified um, bodily samples, they found that Floyd's death was a homicide caused by asphyxia due to neck and back compression. Also, Floyd had no underlying medical problems that contributed to his death. They said neck compressions affected blood flow to the brain. Being able to speak does not mean that someone is, a is able to breathe, and Floyd apparently died at the scene. So, all the heart disease and the lung and the heart being and the and the lung, um, not not too big, but um, and uh, and um, blocked arteries and the two seven. I'm guessing that is all that they're trying to that the um, the comments that they made after his death. Like, I gotta say the way I, I feel it. Like this is other things that could have caused him to die, except for Sherwood putting his his knee on his neck. You understand what I'm trying to say? No, I I totally get you. Um, and just to like assist, because there are some people who probably won't understand what you're trying to say. Mm -hmm. It it seems like they wanted to say, oh well, he had all these other issues already going on, and the knee was just like the the little a little thing compared to all these other things that was going to lead to his death one way or another which exactly right we're not god we cannot do the god complex you know you don't make that assumption that just because this person has these different diseases this is why they're going to die you know yeah totally right. i appreciate that thank you no problem um, and then I also think because of the second autopsy, them saying that he did not have any other conditions, that's what kind of led me to that first conclusion that you just spoke so eloquently about. <laughs> you know, like, if he didn't have any other conditions, why would they mention all this stuff? That's where my, my, huh? Yeah. yeah. It was revealed on August 2020 that the United States Department of Justice had the office of the Armed Forces Medical Examiner reviewed the state's official autopsy results. With the review agreeing with the Hennepin County Medical Examiner findings, including that the death was a homicide, the Office of the Armed Forces Medical Examiner added that the police subdual and restrained elements of 
transitional and mechanical exfoliation. I'm glad to know that at least they all agree on, on the same thing and nobody's trying to... Like sweeping I, underneath the um, rug. Right. Yeah. So um, on May 26th, the FBI announced it was reviewing the incident at the request of the Minneapolis Police Department. On May 28th, the United States Department of Justice released a joint statement with the FBI saying that the investigation into Floyd's murder was a top priority and now like available information and thoroughly evaluated information if it is On May 26, the FBI announced it was reviewing the incident at the request of the Minneapolis Police Department. On May 28, the United States Department of Justice released a joint statement with the FBI, saying that the investigation into Floyd's murder was a top priority and outlined the investigation next step. A compressed, uh, comprehensive investigation will compile all available information and thoroughly evaluate evidence and information obtained from witnesses. If it is determined that there has been a violation of federal law, criminal charges will be sought. So they're not playing around. No. On May 28th, state and federal prosecutors held a press conference at a regional FBI office in Brooklyn Center, a Minneapolis suburb, in what anticipated to be a major development to the case against the officers who were at the scene of Floyd's murder. Hennepin County Attorney Michael O. Freeman, the local official with jurisdiction to bring forth criminal charges for police misconduct, said his office needed more time to investigate. In explaining the anticipation of the media briefings and its two-hour delay start, U.S. Attorney Erica McDonald said, I thought we would have another development to talk to you about, but we don't. On June 9th, it was revealed that the state and federal prosecutors had discussed a plea deal with showing that would have included state murder charges and federal civil rights charges. Um, the United States General William Barr rejected it. Chauvin believed his prospects of winning a trial could be poor and was willing to plead as we as he would okay so sorry guys about this um we're having a little bit of internet issues bear with us there's the bad weather here um yeah there's we still aren't my a lot of parts of my house is still kind of like covered with the snow um so yeah and then there's supposed to be like ice storms or whatever that's what they're saying now anyway um june 9th it was revealed that state and federal prosecutors had discussed a plea bargain with chauvin that would have included state murder charges and federal civil rights charges but the deal fell apart when united states attorney general william barr rejected it chauvin believed his prospects of winning a trial could be poor and was willing to plead guilty to third-degree murder for a 10-year prison sentence as he would have gone to um, 
actually would have gone to federal prison. The federal government was involved, far worried that protesters might view the agreement as too lenient and prefer a full investigation. Duh. Exactly. Yes. That's exactly what we want. <laughs> All we wanted at that time. Uh, so on May 29th, Sherman was charged with third degree murder and second degree manslaughter. Exactly. And held at Oak Park Heights um, State Prison. According to the criminal complaint, police are trained that the neck restraint that he applied with this with the subject in prone position is inherently dangerous. He was the first officer in Minnesota to be charged in the death of a black civilian. On June 3rd, the charges against Chauvin was upgraded to second degree murder. And the third, three other officers were charged with aiding and abetting second degree murder, as well as aiding and abetting second degree manslaughter. Wow. When I first heard this back in May, uh, two years ago now, almost. I didn't think that the um, third degree murder was enough. Like, I thought that was too lenient. Yeah. And when they upgraded to second, I'm like, okay, you know, that's better than just because of the possibility of what he could serve if he was convicted on all charges, you know. Yeah. Um, continuing on, the Minnesota Department of Human Rights opened an investigation into the practices of the Minneapolis Police Department on June 2nd. On June 5th, the Minneapolis City Council authorized the mayor to enter a restraining order with the state of Minnesota banning chokeholds and neck restraints, requiring police officers to intervene against other officers, use of excessive force, and requiring authorization from the police chief or other designate before using crowd control weapons such as a chemical agent and or rubber bullets. On June 8th, a Hennepin County court judge ordered the Minneapolis Police Department to cooperate with the civil rights investigation and extended the restrictions on the department to require that the chief make discipline decision in a timely and transparent manner. And at that civilian analysts and investigators in the city's Office of Police Conduct Review be given authority to audit body-worn camera footage and to file or amend complaints on behalf of the Minneapolis Civil Rights Department. Which I think I'm kind of, I'm, I'm going to try to say this the correct way. As much as I hate that this happened to George Floyd, I'm glad that all this stuff about Five cameras and mm -hmm. um, stopping chokeholds and stopping um, kneeling on their neck is being um, pushed back against by yeah. everyone in the community. And I think this should be a United States thing in every state, in every city, in every county, so on and so on. Okay, so in February 2021, the United States Department of Justice impaneled a grand jury to in Minneapolis on May 7th, 2021, a year later. Mm -hmm. All four officers were indicted on federal charges of civil rights violations. Chauvin was indicted for violating George Floyd's civil rights, along with a teenager who survived a similar restraint in 2017. Wow. 
So that means that wasn't the first time he did something. I'm not talking about murder, but that same type of um, hold. Thankfully, the teenager survived. So yeah. yeah. The three, the, excuse me, the other three officers also faced charges for violating Floyd's civil rights. Tile, Lane, and Kong appeared at a hearing virtually and each posted a $25,000 bond. Chauvin did not appear at this hearing and remained in jail while waiting sentencing for his state charges. Um, so the family of George Floyd filed a wrongful death lawsuit in federal court in July 2020 against the city of Minneapolis and the four former police officers involved in the murder. The complaint said Floyd's Fourth Amendment rights were violated by excessive use of unjustified, excessive, illegal, and deadly force. The lawsuit did not specify the amount of monetary damages the family sought. On March 12, 2021, the city of Minneapolis announced a settlement with Floyd's family for $27 million. It was approved unanimously by the city council. Family lawyer Ben Crump described it as the largest pretrial settlement in the civil rights wrongful death case in US history. The settlement surpassed the previous record uh, for Minneapolis of 20 million. Paid in 2019 in the killing of Justine Damon, mm -hmm. the city allocated 500,000 for the benefit of the community around 38th and Chicago the street intersection where Floyd was murdered. Um, oh. Okay. So now we're gonna go into the trial. Um, Chauvin's trial commenced in Minneapolis on March 8th, 2021 in Hennepin County District Court. Opening statements occurred on March 29th, 2021 and closing arguments on March 19th 2021. Excuse me. Opening statements occurred on March 29, 2021. Closing arguments on April 19, 2021. I don't know if I said that. I sounded wrong to me. I think you said it right. Okay. On April 20th, 2021, the jury found Chauvin guilty of all charges, including second degree unintentional murder, third degree murder, and second degree manslaughter. He was the first white many uh, Minnesota police officers to be convicted of murder, excuse me, convicted of murdering a black person. This was only the second time an officer has been convicted of murder in Minnesota. The first being the third degree murder conviction of Somali American officer Mahat Noor in the shooting of Justin Damon, a white woman. Following showing conviction, Judge Cahill revoked his bail taken back into police custody due to flight risks and the danger of publicity that this case has brought. I described that as they were going to kill him, so that's why he went back, you know, like, I mean, yeah. the outrage that happened at that time, anybody, I mean, this is not a new case to anybody, but most, mostly everybody knows. I know we have um, viewers that are not from the United States, so you know, just putting that out there. Um, the, uh, sentence, the sentence awarded was 22.5 years in custody. 
On May 12, 2021, Judge Cahill allowed for the prosecutors to seek a greater prison sentence than the 12.5-year state guided after finding that Chauvin treated Floyd with particular cru cruelty. 20, 22 and a half years, I don't think is enough, but that's no. Federal civil rights trial was um, initially scheduled to include all four officers, Chauvin, Kong, Lane, and Tao, and begin in January 2022 with U.S. District Judge Paul Magnuson presiding. The four officers were charged federally with abusing their position as police officers and depriving Floyd of his constitutional rights to be free from the use of unreasonable force. Sure. All four officers pleaded not guilty to the charges at a September 14, 2022 arraignment hearing. Chauvin faced an additional federal charge for a 2017 arrest, including a 14-year-old in Minneapolis that he initially pled not guilty to. In late 2020, prior to the trial, lawyers for Tao, Lane, and Kong had sought to sever their case from Chauvin's. I wonder why. Because the more that they're attached to his case, the worse it's going to be for them. So they want to make it where they can get a lighter sentence compared to what he is going to get. Um, and the only way to do so is if you say, well, we don't want part of him. We had no part to do with what he decided to do, you know? Yeah. And that's where it's, it, it Yeah. I was being sarcastic, you know that. Oh, I know, but you know, um, some people don't understand our our verbiage, so. Yeah, 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 I know. I understand. Okay, let me see if I can sit back down. Okay. In a hearing November 29, 2021, Magazine ruled that all four officers would stand trial together. Um, Chauvin's later requested a hearing to offer a revised plea to the federal charges, a legal move that did not apply to the other three officers. He pled guilty on December 15, 2021, to the federal charges of violating the rights of Floyd and for a charge related to its 2017 incident. Chauvin um, admitted willfully violating Floyd's constitutional rights to be free from unreasonable seizure, including the right to be free from uh, unreasonable force by a police officer. Chauvin also admitted willfully violating Floyd's constitutional right to be deprived of liberty without due process of law, including the right to be free from a police officer's deliberate indifference to Floyd's serious medical needs. As of January 24th of 2022, federal sentencing for Chauvin has not been determined. The federal civil rights trial for Kong Lane and Tao is being held at a courtroom in the Warren E. Berger federal building in St. Paul, Minnesota. Jury selection began on January 20th, 2022, and opening statements were given on January 2024. Um, as everybody already knows, we are still dealing with COVID. So I yeah. think that's one of the major issues. Yeah, um, that's what's slowing 10th, us down. I'm sorry? That's what's slowing us down with this, with these um, cases. A lot of criminal cases are you know, being pushed back because of yeah and of course and not all cases like people uh, a lot of judges are not even working except for virtually 
So nobody's in the, you know, like you want your case. And I'm not, I'm not specifically talking about criminal cases. I'm talking about all cases, yeah. our family court, everything. So, um, on June 10, 2020, uh, 2020, 2020, 2020, 2020, 2020, on June 10, 2020, Lane was released on bail. His attorney asserted that he won't show of the danger of, of severe harm to Floyd and that doing so was all that was required under Minneapolis police regulation at the time. Okay, if you say so. On June 19, Combe uh, became the second charge officer to be released on bail. Dow then followed suit on July 4th. Supposedly just because they told him that, hey, listen, you're doing something wrong. And that's all that Minneapolis um, required. So they got released on bail instead of going straight to jail. Well, that's after. Yes. Um, the trial of Kang Lane and Tao was delayed several times to allow the federal civil rights case to proceed first. The criminal trial is scheduled to begin June 13, 2022. The federal trial began on January 24, 2022, with both sides delivering their opening arguments. The prosecution's first witness, Katie Blackwell testified for three days about the department's training and policy regarding use of force. During her testimony, Blackwell stated that the officers should have moved Floyd onto his side to prevent him from having a cardiac arrest. Andrew Baker, who performed Floyd's autopsy, also took the stand to repeat his testimony from, from Shogun's trial. On February 2nd, the trial was postponed for one week after Lane tested positive for COVID-19. It's karma. Karma. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I'm kind of, I'm kind of gonna, anyway, never mind. I'm not gonna do it. Uh, Floyd's murder resulted in global protest movement against his historic racism and police brutality. And the United States protest of racial injustice in mid-2020 was the largest since the civil rights movement of the 1960s and gave way to widespread civil unrest. Protests began locally on March 26th in, in the Minneapolis-St. Paul metropolitan area before quickly within a few days spreading nationwide in over 60 countries internationally supporting Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. Over 2,000 cities in the United States have been had seen demonstrations as of June 13th, while the majority of protests were peaceful. Demonstrations in some cities descended into riots and looting, with more being marked by street skirmish and significant police brutality, notably against peaceful protesters and reporters. At least 200 cities in the U.S. have imposed curfews by June 3rd, while more than 30 states and Washington, and Washington D.C. activated over 62,000 National Guard personnel due to the mass unrest. Um, the protests were initially peaceful, but later, they, um, but later there was vandalism of stores and so on. I am not gonna keep going with that because there's no need to, everybody knows what happened. Um, and not that, like, I have to say while I'm looking for the next section that I love the peaceful protest part of it. I think that is our civil rights as human beings. If we don't like something, protest against it. 
peacefully. Yeah. I don't, I'm not a person that, that acknowledges or wants um, looting and all that other stuff because I don't think, you know, like, that's just my opinion on the matter. Well, my thing is, like, so while you continue to look for the next section, um, mm -hmm. my thing is, they say we're going to do a peaceful protest, which they did. They accomplished that. But then you have people who are being there saying, oh, yes, I'm here for the same thing you're here for, but then who are vandalizing their own their own people, their own neighborhoods, you know, things. Um, like I seen on the news, um, there was like this one gentleman who he was African-American and he's like, I worked so hard to, you know, be able to get the loan, to be able to have my store and this is done. This is done to it. You know, and they spray painted it. They broke the glass. They took things from there, you know, and it was just like, there's ways to do things and to get your voice to be heard. But when you're, you're damaging other people's hard work, then why are you protesting when you're, you're saying one thing, but your actions is saying another, you know, you can't do that. If you're saying, I want change, show that you want change. Show that you have the common knowledge for change, you know? And the thing is, what a lot of people don't see is that it wasn't just, like, a lot of people want to say, you see, they they did a, their, they did their protest for Black Lives Matter, and then look, look at them, look at them. They just went and did, did the whole opposite. It wasn't just black um, African-Americans in that protest. It was whites, Hispanics, you know, every, every nation was in that protest, you know, because that's what made the change for a lot of us, you know, like me being from being Hispanic and Jewish and then my kids, you know, also being Hispanic um, I have one child who has some Asian in her. I have another child who has African-American from his father's side. And it's like, okay, you know, I expect them that if they want their voice to be heard, they need to do it the correct way, the appropriate way. But if I see them saying, I want justice, I want change, and they're, they're, they're doing what were stereotyped to be, I'm going to be like, no, that was not smart. Because now you just made their stereotype of people seem the truth when it's not the truth. And that's the thing is that in every bunch, there's always some bad apples, you know, um, unfortunately. But the good part was the Black Lives Matter movement is still not, it's not done. It's not gone. We're just a little more settled because our biggest things have changed. There's called for change there is changes being made changes that are still in effect um um and then there's change that have yet to be done but at the end of the day it, it will get there we'll, we will get to that change we will get to where we need to be um as everything in life it takes time you know so 
Well, on that on that thing alone, we got to remember that the last major movement about um, in regards to civil rights didn't happen since 1960. Mm -hmm. This occurred in 2020. Yeah. Quick little math. That's six. What? Sixty years? Am I right? Yes. And I don't now, know why I prolonged that. Yes. The younger generation. Yeah, the younger generation, um, the, the 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 grandkids, children of those people that marched in 2020, were marching in 20. Um, excuse me, 1960 are now marching in 2020, and so on. Um, so it it doesn't stop because it's it, because it slows down doesn't mean there's a stoppage. So um, I'll sure. just say that. Um, and the same thing, um, new, numerous statues and, and monuments honoring persons or events associated with slavery and racism were vandalized, removed, or destroyed during the protests in the, in the U.S. and elsewhere. Um, then the area near the location where Floyd was murdered became a makeshift memorial throughout May, uh, May 20, oh, me, throughout May 26, with many um, play cards paying tribute to him and referencing the Black Lives Matter movement. As the day progressed, more people came to demonstrate against Floyd's murder. Hundreds of people then marched to the third precinct of the Minneapolis police. Participants used posters and slogans with phrases such as justice for George, I can't breathe, and Black Lives Matter. On September 18th, the Minneapolis City Council approved designated the section of Chicago Avenue between 35th, uh, 37th and 39th Street as George Perry Floyd Jr. Place. With a marker on the intersection with 38, with 38th Street where the incident took place. The intersection had, be, had been closed and occupied by demonstrators who said they won't leave until the demands regarding anti-racism and property taxes are met. A public memorial was Al Sharpton delivering the eulogy um, was held June 4th at North Central University in Minneapolis. A public viewing and a family memorial had been had been held in Rayford, North Carolina on June 6th near Florida's hometown. Excuse me, near Floyd's hometown. Floyd's family had held a public memorial in Houston on June 8th and a private service on June 9th. The family said um, professional boxer Floyd Mayweather paid the services, paid for the services. Wow, why can't I speak today? It's one of those days. I swear. Um, Floyd's body was on a public um, public view on June 8th in his hometown of Houston. Former vice president in the, U in the 2020 presumptive and eventual Democratic nominee, Joe Biden, met with the Floyd family privately and gave a video message at the funeral. Floyd is buried next to his mother in Pureland, Texas. The length of time that Chauvin was originally reported to have his knee on Floyd's neck was eight minutes and 46 seconds, was widely commemorated as a movement of silence to honor Floyd. It was also used in chants, protest signs, and messages, as were the signs excuse me, as were the words, I can't breathe. Um, 
now I make sure to add this section because I need. I think we should. Um, what we call, give her her flowers. Um, Daniela Frazier, the 17-year-old who filmed Floyd's restraint on her cell phone, received the 2020 Penn Benison Courage Award from Penn America. The award was presented to her at uh, an award ceremony in December 2012 by film director Spike Lee. Pan American CEO Susan Nozzle said that Frazier's acts sparked a bold movement demanding an end to systematic anti-Black racism and violence at the hands. In June 2021, Frazier also received a special citation from the Pulitzer Prize Committee in 2021 for her video. The staff of the Star Tribune received the prize for breaking news reporting for the coverage of protests. Um, Chokeholds and other neck restraints were banned um, or restricted by at least 17 states legislators in the year after Floyd's murder. Um, I needed to make sure that because I need to make sure that we give what I call give a person their flowers mm -hmm. um, because the um, I'm, I want to say this properly so I don't um, insult anyone but the the, the stuff that, that that girl went through after she recorded everything mm -hmm. like people saying why didn't you stop it why, why didn't you do anything like people coming to her face and and disrespecting her in more than one way because she didn't do anything instead of videotape it. Um, we have to remember that if that She's videotape 17. didn't exist, we would have never known that this happened. Yeah. You but, know. And it's also the fact that she's 17. Right. You know, what do you expect her to do? She's a kid, you know? Right. And there was other people there that was videotaping and nobody else went and stopped. But already pulled their phones out. So it's like yeah. the ones who say that are probably the ones who weren't even there. Mm -hmm. It's that yeah, type of that. it's those type of people who say, Oh, well, if I was there, I would have done this, 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 and this, and this, and this. And then when you're like, Okay. So then when the opportunity arrives, that person, that person does the same thing that everybody else did previously. And then you just want to say, Dude, I thought you said you would do this, 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 yeah. and that. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, like, oh, but, you know, I'm not going to get myself in trouble for that. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. And I think even if you didn't, you couldn't physically be there, because remember, we're all taught that we have to respect the police, we have to obey the police, you know? And we all know if we cross the line with the police where we're going to be at. Mm -hmm. Could we have right. been next? You know, that's a lot yeah. of what a lot of people don't realize is they're seeing this happen. So it's easier to say, I'm going to defend myself with this camera and I'm going to videotape this happening. Because you know what? Eventually, they're going to need this evidence. And somewhere or another, I can say I helped... Um, provide enough evidence to put away the ones who did wrong, you know? Yeah. 
So that's my theory on that from Cosm. Yeah, no, I agree. And um, that's why I added it. Um, because like I said, whatever happens in her life, I, you know, and getting all these film um, awards, yeah. she deserves. Because we also got to remember in that same sentiment that those police officers, those three police officers were pulled out their pepper spray or whatever you want to call it, whatever the proper name for it is, to push the people back. So the minimum you were going to get is, is pepper sprayed. And most likely, if, with the situation when it first started, the first thing they did was take out their, their pistol. Yeah. The first two, you know, like, oh, he must be high, he must be, you know, whatever the situation is. So, um, but yeah, so I thought, since I talked to Samantha about the, you know, about doing the, um, doing these cases this month, um, I think it is needed. Um, and we have to um, celebrate these people because in my eyes, they are heroes. Mm -hmm. um, they died for the cause, just like Emmett Till. That's the reason I did his, even though this is a different subject. And in the same subject, but a different way, George Floyd was killed. Yes. Um, the last thing I'm going to say is his daughter, youngest daughter, said, my daddy changed the world. And I 100% agree with her. Oh, definitely. I don't think, yeah, I don't think the movement and the Black Lives Matter and everything that happened after his death would have happened if he wasn't murdered in the way that he was murdered. Sad that it had to be a murder that made that change. But, you know, in 1960, a lot of, a lot, a lot of Black people died. A lot of African-American people were killed for just being Black. Yeah. Um, so I read... Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm got, I'm gonna look it up just to make sure, um, because mm -hmm. I read like a lot of people say, oh well, you know, um, what happened with Floyd is what started the Black Lives Matter. But then when I was doing my research for Kendrick Johnson, um, they were mm -hmm. there, but Kendrick John Kendrick Johnson's murder, well, mysterious death. Happened yeah. in twenty third, uh, yeah, twenty thirteen. So, yeah. like, and I I read that it was like the movement, um, happened prior to um everything going on, you know. Oh yeah, I mean I believe it, but I would I would also say. That even though it existed, yeah, it was founded. Yeah, I, I see. So, it, it actually started um, because of Trayvon Martin. Yeah. Yep, I see it. Um, <laughs> but and I don't know. I could be out of touch. Um, but I don't remember all the Black Lives Matter. Um, post on social media, um, signs when people were marching, as much as I saw it with George Floyd. So I think what happened was 
um let's be honest um with george floyd it was a bigger not saying that trayvon martin was any way shape or form not important you know because he that young man was very important what happened was highly important and highly tragic you know because he had so much more to live you know um but the fact that george floyd's incident there was like i said a lot of people were videotaping it so that's what made it be more omg oh my god we got to do something oh my you know and that's where this the the foundation for black lives matter went and said here's how we're gonna go and get it known that we exist that we matter that we're here to help we're here to be there for you you know and support you so i think that's that's why when it first started it was a smaller group and now it's just so much where it's like it's all over the place you know yeah i I mean all you have to do um to see how big it got in any in any social media you want it don't really matter hashtag blm or spell it out Mm -hmm. you'll see everybody's still posting about it till this day yeah especially you can even check january i know it's february is black it's black um history month so yes you're gonna get more of it than you normally would but even in december november january you there was so many posts on blm because we can't stop that movement from from slowing down even a little bit that was my case (laughs) um so next week is my turn um i'm actually in between the three cases that i i think i want to cover um but I'm not sure because there's one of them that is like a very smaller case. And I'm very curious to see how that goes um, and further investigate it. But we'll find out which one I choose um, to do for next week. And as of this week, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It was very emotional. I can say that where... It was just like, why? Why? What was the point? You know? Mm-hmm. And there's never really ever a point. There's no real reason for why people do stupid shit. Mm-hmm. I said ship. Just my defense. I said ship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but if you guys want to go and, you know, recommend a case that you guys know um, or something that happened in your town um, and you guys want us to work on it, let us know by emailing us at murderousintentions21 at gmail.com. Or you can Instagram us with those cases and opinions at. I was waiting for the app. I need the app. <laughs> Murderous underscore. Uh, um, is it underscore? Yeah. yeah. Underscore intentions underscore podcast. 
Or you can always tweet us at. <laughs> I donn't always need the at. <laughs> capital M, capital I, True Cry Podcast. Thank you guys for being with us another week. And I hope you stay with us and enjoy our segments. Enjoy your weekend. Have fun. Or week, we'll weekday, whatever. Yep. <laughs> um, bye, guys. Bye-bye. See you next week.